0: What's up, everyone? This is Trey Van Camp, and you are listening to the Ministry Podcast. Here's the biggest thing on communication I think would be an encouragement for some of you. Uh, I want to talk about obviously when our next core value is never give up. Uh, and I think a lot of us, we give up before we even start when it comes to using our communication for the glory of God. Galatians 6.9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I love that encouragement. At just the right time, right when you want to give up is when God uses that for his glory. Um, So first first thing here, and I, I know we've said it in our leadership workshop as well, but this is a principle that God always uses. We hear the word of the Lord before we ever see the work of the Lord. And I think this also goes with your communication endeavors. I think a lot of us, we have heard from God, like, do this. Step out. Step out in faith. Be a voice in this community. Influence those who are around you. And we get super pumped about that. But then we get inside of our heads. We become overly critical of ourselves. We compare ourselves to the next guy. We think, oh, so like some YouTuber friends of mine, they're actually, I had to stop watching them because they went from being an encouragement to I was super discouraged because I thought I can never match your level of intensity. I can never match your level of creativity. So I end up really hurting me. Um, So some of you, like you've put people around you and you're like, "I, I can't measure up. But this is what faith is all about. So, I hope to encourage you with that. Now, here's what bad communicators do. This is how we're going to set up tonight's talk. Bad communicators give up on finding their tribe. Bad communicators give up on producing consistent content. Bad communicators give up because of criticism. Don't worry, we'll do this again. So, this is just an overview if you're like trying to type so fast. And bad communicators give up on their calling, on calling their audience to action. So, therefore, what we're going to look at tonight. To be a great communicator, you need to find your tribe. Great communicators persevere in the face of criticism. And great communicators constantly call their people to action. Step number one, great communicators never give up on finding their tribe. So there's a book I've been reading recently called Tribes by Seth Godin. And uh, it's something that I've been obsessed with because I would love for our church to feel like we're a tribe and I would love for my YouTube community to feel like a tribe. It's, it's this instant connection. Like you are my brother, even though we've never, never met before, but we have certain values that we share. Oh, you list, you're, you're a subscriber to that channel as well? Oh, you're in this community? Oh, you go to our church? Like it's this immediate bond. Seth Godin describes it this way. A tribe is a group of people connected to one another, connected to a leader, and connected to an idea. So what do you need for a tribe? Group of people? a leader, and an idea that they all agree with. And here's my challenge to you. Every single one of you can be a leader of a tribe. Now, the question is, what kind of tribe? That's a lot of exploring. That's a lot of figuring out. But every single one of you, God has wired you to lead a tribe. So my tribe, I like to think, try to in branding. My tribe are the dreamers and doers. And my, what I hope to do is to inspire and inform them that Jesus is better. So, like, they see a Jesus is better sign. They're like, oh, that yeah, like, I'm going to buy the shirt. So I'm going to put that on my computer. Like, yes, Jesus, I'm going to use. I, I saw a couple of people who follow me on Instagram, and it's on their Instagram bio, hashtag Jesus is better. I was like, yes, like, that's tribe. Like, that's where it means so much to them. They're identifying with it in a very public level. Uh, so, so that's what I, I think when you have a tribe, you can really start to make a difference but you have to have your tribe first so it's really hard to figure that out so what are some other types of tribes Disneyland lovers are, is a, t- a whole tribe right mom of girls is a tribe mom of boys is a tribe uh, I don't know are you guys a part of any tribes can you think of any tribes you're part of it's like yeah like that's one of my communities Pokemon Go is a tribe right So all these things were like, oh, like even mechanics, you know, that's kind of an elite, not an elite group, but (laughs) you you stealers. No, no, but it's like, oh, cool. You immediately make a connection if you meet another mechanic, you know, you can have other conversations that you wouldn't be able to have with other people. Rock climbing is a big tribe. Yeah, and we are trying to join the tribe. (laughs) So the question is, how do you find your tribe? Question is, what are you passionate about? What are some things very unique to you that you would just love to talk about? Um, and how can you bring value to those who are also passionate about that topic? So again, it goes back to last week's talk, where, okay, how can you bring value to your topic by being informational, telling people, hey, I love traveling too, here's the best way to travel cheap, you know? Or, or are, do, you, do you love caring for people? Like are you using, how do you use that to impact your tribe, uh, mom of all girls, You are somebody who's in the thick of it, love to share your vulnerabilities, talk about, hey, mamas, it's really hard, but I had this mess up today, this great thing happened. This is how you connect with people. I love Seth Godin in that same book. He said, the secret of leadership is simple. Do what you believe in, paint a picture of the future, go there, and people follow. This is what's hard though. What is your tribe? That's what you have to figure out. And maybe we can talk about it in Q&A, like different ideas thrown back and forth of what your tribe could be. But um, I don't think you can find it immediately. But most of us don't spend enough time thinking about it. We just think it'll just happen. It doesn't just happen. You have to concentrate. Who's my tribe and how do I reach them? Even for our church, like the type of people we're wanting to reach, we've had to figure that out. And now we've got to go after those types of people. Here's the encouragement, though this is what i fall into if you try to reach everyone you wind up reaching no one i really just want everybody to love my channel right because at the end of the day what's my message jesus is better i think everybody should know that everybody should hear that everybody should be inspired by that but the reality is there are people out there where that's the last thing they want to watch right and there's no convincing them but so for me, I've kind of fallen into the trap sometimes where it's, oh, but I want this guy to watch my channel, so I'm going to actually water down some of what I was going to say so that I can attract them in. But the problem is, now I'm not attract. I look just like the rest of the world. How- what is attractive about that? I have a certain message. I need to stick to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's a huge temptation. Seth Godin, again, uh, he said great leaders don't water down the message in order to make the tribe a bit bigger. You actually do more damage to your tribe when you try to open the niche and try to, is it niche or niche? Can we just fix that niche? Niche? Anybody niche? It's niche. I blame Bo Meets World because they, uh, (laughs) but the reality is you reach more people if you go after those who are for what you believe in than if you try to convince the naysayers. If you waste your time trying to convince all the naysayers, you're not even going to reach those who want to hear you. That's a hard lesson that I've learned these last two years. Um, so here is what kind of homework for you define your avatar so to find your tribe you have to define who is like who is the viewer that just you get so pumped if they're the ones that go read your blog every day describe that person to me you know so what I've done my viewer is a dreamer and doer meaning they want to do big things in the world but they're not afraid to sweat They wanna do a bunch of stuff and they're obsessed with changing the world. But because they're so obsessed with changing their culture, they get discouraged a lot. So I love that viewer because I wanna come into their life and say, keep going, man. I know this stinks, people don't get it, but they're gonna get it one day. I wanna encourage you. Jesus is better than that dream anyways and he's gonna sustain us. That's who I'm obsessed with, the dreamers and doers who are kinda down and I'm there to pick them up and give them information on how to keep going forward depending on your topic sometimes it's really smart to go gender specific because you actually really like girls like they love like mom things or whatever uh what's that facebook group that we love wives club oh my talk about a tribe (laughs) okay so um they love to do that now here's the best way to put it too your biggest tribe is two steps behind what do i mean by that Usually the people in your tribe, you're just a little bit ahead of them in the journey. So this is how I've grown to understand how to make content. What did I need to hear two years ago? If you're out there pioneering, you're out there trying to do these things, how can I encourage my former self? Because people are looking up to me. They want to see how I'm doing this. So I love, like one of my favorite things is when I follow leaders who are like in their 50s and they give those podcasts of what I would tell my 20-year-old self, I get my pen ready, I am all-in. Right? I want to know what you would have told yourself. I want to skip those, like I want to skip those heartaches too. And here's the biggest encouragement too, small tweaks lead to giant peaks. So some of you, you've communicated so far and yet you don't have a tribe. But if if you just tweak a few things, if you just change how you talk a little bit, if you start addressing them as an actual tribe, if like you like for me, I'm trying this. If I, now my viewers, I call them dreamers and doers. That's a small tweak. That's really easy, but it might lead to a giant peak. It might lead to everything changing for me. So like for you, maybe you've done this for a long time. You're so discouraged. A small tweak maybe is that like face-to-face communication. I'm gonna call that person by the first name and I'm gonna say it consistently throughout the conversation. Hey, Alan, I really like how you're doing. Hey, come here, Alan, tell me this, Alan. If you use their name over and over, that's a small thing, but that can lead to huge results. So like, what are some small tweaks in your communication in finding your tribe that you can do? Uh, and that's huge. Next subheading. Great communicators never give up on producing consistent quality content. We live in a world Social media, I know I, 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 hope, I hate not to just speak social media, but I think this could apply to everybody. If you don't post every day, you are missing out on so many opportunities to get eyeballs. Like the algorithm, it will push you if you post a lot. Um, but how do you do that? You guys ever think that? How do I post all the time? Because if you create your tribe and your tribe finds you, you will lose your tribe if you're not there all the time. What, is it, what do you want in a leader? You wanna see your leader and you want the new fresh thing from your leader, people don't go back and read old stuff. Not really, right? Unless they needed a certain thing. They need what's new now, what you're posting today. Um, So how are you doing that? Seth Godin, he says, if your organization requires success before commitment, it will never have either. Here's what's good. Part of leadership is the ability to stick with the dream for a long time long enough that the critics realize that you're going to get there one way or another so they wind up following you. (coughs) So a lot of people, they want to follow you, but they want to see that this is more than just a two-week obsession and now you're not doing it anymore. So to encourage you, start a calendar, start a schedule. Uh, Start, okay, I'm going to post this day. I'm going to post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start setting up these things. Now, what are some reasons you guys stop producing content? What are some of the fears you guys have? How come you don't, like you get pumped, but then all of a sudden you stop producing? Run out of stuff to talk about. Run out of stuff to talk about? That's a big one. Mine's like, I feel like I have too many things that I can't figure out where to narrow it right down. Mm. Like that's my issue. I just feel like there's so many things. It's so the opposite, I guess. Like I just like, and then I get overwhelmed. Yeah, so actually I heard this wisdom. <laughs> I heard this the other day, if you have too many, Figure out like your top five or six obsessions that you really love. And for like a period of six months, talk about all of them, and then go to analytics and see what really resonated with people. So maybe they only like two of those topics the most. Now go ham on those two. And that, like, that's how you make it big. So, hey, you kind of show neglectic everything. And then you start to realize, oh, this works. This is what people really love. I struggle with that too. I try to incorporate everything into my stuff. Um, but that's kind of also, kind of what makes you unique. You know, it's like everybody's doing leadership, but if you're doing leadership with this and that and that, then you offer something that the other leadership guy doesn't offer. So like having all sorts of unique stuff really does help a lot. So here's one for me of why I stopped producing content. The inconsistency of our output points to the insufficiency of our outlook. So often I forget why I'm producing content. I get caught up in the game, I get discouraged because why? I worked harder on this video, but this video didn't get as many views as last video. And we start to forget why we ever made this in the first place. If your purpose of doing content communicating is for people to love you and to get famous, then you will always be depressed, right? A little bit about what we talked about this Sunday morning, right? But if your purpose is to help somebody, to inspire somebody, to encourage somebody, to lead people to Jesus, then you will actually have a more consistent outlook on life and because you realize we don't communicate to get from people, we communicate to give to people. So when you give, scripture says, we give without expectation. So when we give without expectation, then you can never upset me because I never expected anything from you in return anyways. So when you give me something in return, oh, thank you, that's awesome. But if you're giving and you get mad how they received it, then you're doing it for the wrong reason and maybe you need a break. Here's another thing though I think actually Alan would help you. Batch- batching is your best friend. So for me, I go on these random tangents where I feel super productive, right? It's like, what did, did I just take a pill of something? Like I'm on this game, you know, like I am focused. What's hard for my kind of content is that I vlog, so it's really just like my daily life, so that's hard um, to batch that. But what I mean, let's say you do informational, let's say you make blogs, you can just write four blogs in one day, but don't post them that day, just schedule them, okay? Now I have blog posts for the next four weeks. So find a day where if you're inspired, throw everything aside and write or speak into a podcast, like use that motivation to your advantage. So for me, there's days where I just like, sermon prep is easy. So I'm like, boom, done, I'm gonna do this now. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna work on next week's sermon. Like I'm not going to just allow this to stop. Just because I'm done with today's stuff doesn't mean I'm done. Wow, I'm loving this, so I'm gonna go work on something next week because I know maybe next week I'm not gonna wanna do this. You know, so batch your content. So, couple tips. If you're doing something with photos or video, change your outfit or else that'll look weird, you know, <laughs> unless you're like Mark Zuckerberg and you only have one outfit, um, which I've really thought about that, babe. I think that'd be really cool. If I just wear my merch every day, it's I think easy. it'd be easy and it's a good way to sell. Okay. So, um, but, but that's something that is really smart. So change your outfit. And what I actually find, it makes me more productive even the next day. Cause I know when I wake up, oh man, I already got the next three weeks taken care of. Like, I I'm, I can conquer the world. I'm gonna do, that and do it again. So I am way more productive when I have things in the queue. Here's the next thing. Great communicators never give up in the face of constant criticism. What stinks is I always wanna give examples of criticism, but um, that's probably not a smart thing to do when you're in ministry because you like, we all know everybody. So if I like, hey, this person, talk trash about me then it's like gossip but so I'll just use my mom for example uh, <laughs> yesterday my mom spoke at something I'm trying to get too detailed here and she got a naysayer and that's what happens if you're ever saying something that could potentially change your life you're also saying something to someone that could potentially really annoy them so if you have something worthy to say some people will love it and other people will hate it okay that's a part of the game whenever like for us preaching the gospel Some people will not be happy with you. You'll have criticism. And the, I hate, most people do not share the gospel because they're afraid of rejection, right? We have to get over criticism. And my wife knows I am preaching to myself when it comes to this. This has been the hardest thing for me to grow in because I just have a type seven Enneagram personality if I just want everyone to be happy and everyone to love me. Is that too much to ask for? Indeed it is, (laughs) okay? And here is my saying for the day. Friction is a sign of good diction. If you can Google diction, it means to communicate, to speak. <laughs> Friction is a sign of good diction. Meaning, if, you have, if somebody criticizes you, it actually probably means you're headed in the right direction. It means, wow, you're actually producing some good content that'll really make a difference in people's life. Hurtful criticism is the cost of helpful communication. People will hurt you when you help others all the time. Because if you only talk about what people agree on, why would they ever want to listen to you? Guys, check out this channel. I found out today. The sky is blue. Okay. (laughs) You know? So a lot of people, it's not that plain, but we're like, man, nobody watches me. You're saying stuff that's not, you're not ruffling any feathers at all. You're not challenging us. You're not confronting anything. It's so bland. Like maybe I just like watching because you like laughing. But like outside of that, there's no, no substance. So the reality is you actually have to say things that, that actually rub people the wrong way. Um, and that's actually how you gain your tribe for sure. Because there's a tribe out there. The best example is Donald Trump. He found a tribe who was annoyed at American politics. And he was one that was willing to confront it and talk about it and people said, I don't care what else you have to say, I immediately identify with you because I've been annoyed by this too and everyone's been too afraid to say it, right? That, I think it's like how he won the election, right? That right there. So, let's put that down on a smaller level for us. I don't think we're running for president anytime soon. Maybe you are, I'll vote for you, whoever's in this room. Um, But, we have to realize that. What is something, I learned this at the YouTube conference, (laughs) going on rants is a great way to advance you will gain a greater following if you actually go on occasional rants this is something i've never done before uh, because i'm somebody again who just loves to have everybody happy but Really, if you think about viral videos, you ever—it's—it's so—it's I—it's so assumable now. But like, anytime somebody's in the car, you either know one, they're gonna try to do a sing along to Frozen, or two, they're doing a rant about something happening in America. Can I? Can we get a witness? Right? It's one of those two things. Okay, and so that's just like the place. But people watch it. They know it's actually pretty smart to do it behind the wheel because they know who a rant's coming. Like, I just know it. I don't see any weird outfits. So this is going to be a rant. You go. And uh, and that that sells. So the reality is, though, you have to figure out what you're willing to get flack for. So don't just do rants for the sake of rants. And then everybody hates you. And you're like, I don't even agree with what I said. Right. Like figure out something that truly bothers you and then go on a rant for that. That's weird. A pastor is telling his people to rant, (laughs) but it's true. Like that is something that really does get people's attention. This is my second to last Seth Godin quote. (laughs) I use this book a lot for this talk. If the only side effect of criticism is that you will feel bad about the criticism, then you have to compare that bad feeling with the benefits you'll get from actually doing something worth doing. That make sense? So being remarkable is exciting, fun, profitable, and great for your career. Feeling bad wears off. Once you've compared that bad feeling and the benefits and you've sold yourself on taking the remarkable path, answer, 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 <laughs> answer this one. How can I create something that critics will criticize? You get to the point of like, what is something that's gonna annoy people? Cause this is my path of making uh, a difference of really starting to find my tribe. last heading great communicators never give up. I'm calling people to action. The more and more I do ministry, the more and more I realize this Ministry is all about calling people to their next steps. So we're actually trying to rewi change the way we communicate that on Sunday morning so the red cards are not just for visitors but as you heard this, these last two weeks, it's your next steps. What is your next step? We want everybody everybody has a next step with Jesus. Senator Bill Bradley, he defines a movement of having three elements like to get a tribe together. One one is a narrative that tells a story about who we are and the future we're trying to build. It's very much our church. Two, a connection between and among the leader and the tribe. And then three, this one's key for this point, something to do. The fewer the limits, the better. So we were actually talking about it in staff this week. We're trying to figure out really how to mobilize our college students better, how to get our church effectively taking next steps. But we have so many ideas and we realize if we say all of those things, you guys will be like, wait, what do you want me to do? Right? Like, uh. so I'm I, blah. And we're done. I'm not going to do any of it because that just confused me. So that's why we boiled it down. Like when we say our patterns, we say, okay, this is what we just, this is, these are your next steps. God time, gather time, group time, go time. That's what we want you to do. Boom, 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 boom. And that helps you get handlebars. You see, oh, there's, these steps are easy, like I get it. Like I see what you're asking me to do. Now it's up to me to say yes or no, but now I don't leave confused thinking, what did they want me to do again? You know, so as a tribal, as a leader, think about what are the three or four steps you're always calling people to, to take action towards. That's super helpful uh, in calling people to action. Nancy Duarte, remember I mentioned her? Um, she talks about there are four different types of people who take action. So this is very helpful for me. So when you think about, I, I, I don't do a good job at this. Uh, I just learned that this week from that book. Um, it's called Resonate. So there are four groups of people, and I'd love to figure out who you guys are. So when we communicate, one type of person is a doer. They just want to hear, okay, I love what you said. What do I need to do for you? They get things done these are the people like in church plants, they shine. Cause it's like, okay, do I just need to stack chairs for you? Do I need to fill up the trailer? Like I just need to do to feel good for my, for the day. I would say I'm very much wired as a doer. Cause I love the dreamers and doers. No, <laughs> but I'm very much wired where it's like at the end of the day, I don't feel accomplished unless I feel like I did something. I didn't just theorize I accomplished something. The second group of people you have to really think about when you're talking people to people in communication is the suppliers. So the suppliers, they get resources for your idea. They have the means to get what you need done. They love to financially back uh, endeavors uh, that we have. They provide and they fund the whole thing. They just tell me, I have one guy that was in San Diego. It's like, okay, Trey, just how much will it cost? Just tell me. I got a check, got the pen, just tell me. How much is this going to cost? So when you're communicating, sometimes it's helpful to say, hey, guess what? We cannot do this without financial support, you know, and tell them what you need it for, how much you need, where it's going to go, you know, very open accountability. But there's people out there that want to give. That's a spiritual gift that God's given some people. I would love to know more of them. Now, number type number three, influencers. Influencers are awesome influencers get other people to love the idea too. Actually, I see there's a lot of influencers in this room. You guys in our church, you're one among the top that you bring other people along the journey with us. Uh, And it's super fun. So influencers, you just naturally people follow you. So inspire those influencers. Don't micromanage them, empower them. Hey, you need to take this message too. Go for it. Okay, yeah, yeah, here's just our values, as long as you're in that, do you, make it unique for you, but here's what we want done. Yeah, we're not gonna tell you how to do it, just go do it um, and influence people. And number four is the innovators. These are people that can make your idea way better than the idea that you have. And to be a great leader, you're humble and you're willing to take people's advice, but there's people out there that are just smart, and they think outside of the box, and they think, okay, great, that's awesome, that's inspiring, have you thought about this? And that's when you go, oh wow, I didn't think about that at all, can you help me? And then they make the idea so much better. But here's the temptation. If you're a doer, you don't really think about the innovator, right? So as a communicator, I'm realizing when I'm challenging people to next steps, I have to think about suppliers, because I don't naturally think about them, because I don't really see myself as a supplier. Okay. Here's the last idea. And this one's big. Um, I took this actually, I wrote this in because me and Caleb were talking about this the other day. Last point, bad communicators are experts in the truth for us. Great communicators are experiencing the truth with us. This is like ginormous. When I went to Bible college, I never call it that, but just so you understand what it is, (laughs) when we do take preaching class, every time when they would go up and communicate a message, everything they said was right. Everything they said, I can take down as notes and go, oh yeah, that's true. I never thought about that before. Thank you for those facts. However, I was not inspired at all. I got bored. I got tired of listening. Because there's a difference at talking at somebody and talking with somebody. And something that our world desperately needs, we need to awaken the wonder of the gospel in people. Like on Sunday mornings, one of my chief jobs is not just to tell you what Jesus does. One of my chief jobs is to be so blown away that Jesus does this for us. And you get pumped and you get excited and you're inspired by who Jesus is as well. Like, you're not there just to listen to facts. You're there to experience something. So, when when I take a truth, like this morning, when I talked about Hannah, I could have said just Hannah was just in a really bad place and she was depressed. Instead, I said, Hannah, she had... She had everything going on for her. Even her husband, you know, loved her more than Penina. And you, you're walking through this. Like, can you believe this? It makes no sense. Why would, why would Okana give Hannah a double portion even though she had no kids? You're experiencing this truth. Instead of just saying she was upset, you go into that person's life and you work through it. And then you say, and, and I said this morning, I, I feel like Hannah. I feel like I have all my ducks in a row. I'm waiting for God to bless, but I still feel barren. I still feel like there isn't the fruit that I was expecting and I'm, I need this passage today. That makes you go, oh, hopefully I need it too. And I'm pumped about this because I think I'm convinced that you're convinced that this is the message that we need to hear. We are a faith that's based off of fact, but it has to be communicated through emotion. Like the God created all those things. He created logic and emotion and we want to feel like we're walking alongside the communicator. I wanna feel like, hey, right, huh? Yeah, cool, huh? Okay, moving on to the next thing. Isn't this so neat? Instead of standing up tall and saying, this is what you need to hear.